0: You know the mainstream week two waiver wire targets, Puka Nakua, Kenneth Gainwell, but how about the lower priced options that you can grab for little to no fab? And even after the waiver wire runs, we break down these discounted pickups on tonight's in between fantasy football podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, checking that line, see who's up that over under, hit too clutch. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid getting Carried away
1: with the chest, we sleeping on a trick play. Predicting all of my moves like they see every play. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way. And it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you. But they don't.
0: One thing to say, yeah, they don't know, something they had not seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green, it got me fading between. Yeah, I got, and yeah, I got you.
1: the in-between fantasy football podcast. Yes.
0: right all right all right it is september 12th 2023 the in-between fantasy football podcast is back with you picking up the pieces as we head into nfl week two i'm seth wolcock i'm joined by my co-host a man who has fucking been nominated for awards for this shit he's a father to a wife of one and he's along for the ride on the anthony richardson qb1 experience scott rainier Scotty, what do you know? How you feeling as we head into week two? I'm
1: feeling good. Just co- correction father of father of two, husband of one.
0: Yes, Not yeah, wife, yes, 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 you yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that.
1: But we'll let everything slide this week because week one has been bonkers. I'm good, man. It's it's hoodie and Crocs with socks weather up here in the Northwest. So my favorite time of year. Um, and yeah, I mean. I, we were talking before the show. We say, I think we say it every year. Oh my God, that was the craziest week one ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. but that
1: literally seemed like the craziest week one ever. Starting with you know one of the best players in all of football, Kelsey not not playing Thursday night, ending with the unfortunate um, injury to Aaron Rodgers uh, on Monday night. So anyway, but we're going to talk about it. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, tonight we are absolutely jammed jam pocked jam pocked on the program tonight uh we got front and center we're going to talk about the frisky jets the fallout from aaron Rodgers, and some fancy football winners and losers from week one we're also going to do some in the scope last week we were on puka nakua we told you to pick him up for free now he's the hottest thing um we're going to tell you once again how you can get ahead of waivers for week three some of these lesser known lesser rostered players and then we're going to get to our, our from the forum segment that's our mailbag presented by the fancy football advice network and we're going to talk some buy or sell rookies and some pop cultures at the end with some rave rookie reviews also joining us audio producer Kyle Scott Kyle you were number one scorer in our keeper league you have been killing it so far in 2023 how are we feeling after week one my friend
1: I feel amazing and me winning in both of the leagues I'm in and not only that but leading The main league I'm in in scoring, I couldn't be happier. And that really just goes to
0: show any schmuck that listens to this podcast (laughs) will come out on top. I don't even watch football. There we go. There we go. We appreciate you, Kyle. Uh, we also appreciate the IBT family riding with us tonight. We got Stacy in the chat. We got our boy Eric in the chat as well. What's up, Eric? What's up, Stacy? We got Tyler saying, What's up, IBT? Good to see you tonight, Tyler. Thanks for tuning in. And we got Albert saying good evening, Albert, IBT. As always, Albert. As always. Good evening. Good you know, evening. Albert is the opposite of week one. Albert is steady. Albert is present. Albert is just Reliable, Unlike week one. Uh, and we got Sven in the chat as well. What's up, Sven? Thanks for joining us, guys. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's start this show. Um, but before we do, if you guys are new to the channel, easiest way to support us is give us a thumbs up and uh, subscribe if you weren't already. Come along for the ride because we got 17 more weeks of fun and joy. Let's kick it off with some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door. Sweet. i enough you come to the just try to have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about like night night what it means.
1: Be. Come and give, give me another cuz the is young. young. Oh, at least I so thought
0: This just in the news. Front and center. Alright, front and center, and we have to start nowhere else than in New York City. The tides, they had finally turned for the Jets, it seems, Scott. Aaron Rodgers runs out of the tunnel on 9-11, carrying the American flag. MetLife was electric. And just four plays in, it's a torn Achilles. First, before we get to the fancy implications for the frisky New York Jets, who ended up winning this game somehow, (laughs) what what is your, your takeaway as a fan, someone who loves football as much as I do? I mean this is there's nothing good about this. I
1: mean personally like I'm probably on the side of people that I don't really care for Aaron Rodgers that much. That's my own that's my own thing. Not not anything against his football play anything like that. Um but I doesn't matter if I don't really like him whatever. Um this is terrible. I mean we've got little cartoons of Jets players on our little banner here. Yeah. We have a shirt that we made called Frisky Jets. Yes. I was, I was um, going
0: to wear it and I just completely forgot. I've, I've well, been, and I've like what I was looking it. forward
1: to is not necessarily rooting for Aaron Rodgers, but having somebody that could facilitate <laughs> the people I wanted to root for in yes. Reese Hall and Garrett Wilson and others. So it's bad. I mean, and it's an Achilles. I mean, I, I don't know what the historical track record is for quarterbacks coming back from Achilles. We, we've talked about running backs coming back from Achilles till we're blue in the face. Um, But, you know, I saw some people saying like with his age and this injury, it's possible he's done. I mean, that would just be, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but regardless
0: of how you feel about him, that, that would be an awful way for it to end. I think I, yeah, I think he'll be back. I think he has that competitive drive. And I heard Dr. David Chow saying earlier today on a program that he believes Rogers can come back from this and he can still be more mobile than Philip rivers at the end or Tom Brady at the end. So, you know, hopefully, that, hopefully yeah. that is the same guy. I do believe who stabbed Justin, Justin or, uh, Oh, Tyrod Taylor. Who, who, who was it? Someone in the lung. Someone got stabbed in the lung a couple of I years ago. It's, it was
1: Tyrod Taylor, which is okay. how Justin Herbert and yes, up. Yes. You know, looking back, it's like, why did it take that for Justin Herbert <laughs> to become the starter, but he was a rookie. Um, I thought we talked about this before. I'm not actually clear on who actually stabbed <laughs> Tyrod Taylor. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Yeah,
0: yeah, that might I'm be a lawsuit. That might be a lawsuit for another day for sure. But it did
1: happen. So Ooh.
0: Let's, let's, however, segue into Garrett Wilson. He is the main follower for this in our rankings. He's a guy who, as a rookie, finished with 83 receptions, just over 1,100 yards, four touchdowns. But now can we really be as high as on him as we were? We were drafting this guy as a low-end wide receiver one. Now, to me, he falls in that mid-wide receiver two-pack. Yeah, I mean, that's basically
1: where I'm at. I mean, you can't as much as, as talented as he is, and he showed it on that. That, that was a beautiful catch, catch man and that was some frisky like, shit. Yeah. he's like i am him that is my ball um <laughs> one it won me i think two different leagues him catching that touchdown so that was good but you can't ignore the down i mean you know in the and the typical talk of like all the different potential quarterbacks that are available to come in if they don't want
0: to roll with Zach Big roles- Ben, baby call him up he's ready i don't know about that um
1: you know but like and just let me get this name out. Carson Wentz or, you God, know, there's just a, a few other names. A few other names have been thrown out. Um, we'll see, but like, you can't, you can't ignore the fact that it's a significant downgrade at the quarterback position. That's about where I'm at. Like, you know, if I have him, it means I drafted him highly. I am going to roll him out there every single week. You have to, it's more about my, what my expectations are. Um, you know, I am a little less, confident or forced to roll out another young second year wide receiver who i I don't think you can play until we see something but we'll talk about drake london later
0: yeah let's talk about Brees hall he is back i would say uh took an 83 yard gainer it was awesome to see that so early in the game 10 for 27 or 127 on the ground for Brees hall also caught one of his two targets for 20 yards Super encouraging, and this performance reminded me of like Adrian Peterson coming back off the ACL. He's the only player that I know who busted a huge ass run in his first uh, run back from from an ACL tear. Scott, so where are you on Brees Hall? Because to me, I've been drafting him in the fourth, fifth round, pretty much everywhere all redraft season. I have more Brees Hall this season than I did last season somehow. And now I think he has definitely cemented himself in that mid tier uh, RB2 conversation with this performance.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, he still, you know, he still didn't get like a lion's share bell cow workload, which I'm fine with. No no one was expecting that. He didn't get that last year when he, you know, he exited last year with the injury as like a RB1, and that was on like a 50% opportunity share. So, you know, you know, and I mean, just seeing, seeing his, seeing him like come back with those two runs. I mean, was, you know, I, I love Brees Hall. I have him everywhere as well. I, he's one of the guys I traded for when he got hurt and Dynasty. Yeah. like, tried to buy low. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you've got to be, you've got to be more excited than you were coming in, coming into the game. Cause you know, it's him and Javante Williams. It's like, okay, what are we going to see? What are we going to see in this first year back from injury? Um, Dalvin cook's still going to be involved. but Dalvin cook didn't look very good um so so i mean I'm, I'm encouraged you know there was one league i won anyway it's my main home league where i started freaking antonio gibson over <sighs> ball uh. did it the reason i did it is i thought i had a pretty good lineup and i was just like okay i think gibson is a safe play here breeze hall i just don't know what kind of workload he's gonna get luckily i won anyway by 0.9 points Ooh, you lucky so that one out um but yeah, I mean, he he's back and you know, he's back and I'm confidently starting him, you know, because it's not about that. I think, OK, he's fully healed and he's going to just be the RB1 overall. It's more just look what he can do
0: at any given moment,
1: you know. Um, so super encouraged by Brees
0: Hall. There we go. Let's talk about the winners and the losers from week number one here. And I I think one that we can very confidently wear on our chest is Anthony Richardson, uh, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. He came out and looked good, man, like 24 for 37, 223 yards and a touchdown through the air, added 40 yards and on 10 rushing attempts through the ground. And Scott, this was something when you look at Anthony Richardson, it's impressive just to the eye test. He's firing him out. Like he is firing him out. He's getting rid of the ball, his pocket presence. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I I think I got some some hate for it. His pocket presence is better than Justin Fields. It's better than some of these other quarterbacks. Does he have a great offensive line? I think it's good. They performed terrible last season. They looked pretty good on Sunday. Uh, But man, AR is getting rid of the ball. I really like what I saw here. To me, yes, we did get the rushing touchdown, but we haven't got the the rushing upside with the yardage yet. I mean, I, I think he's a clear QB one moving forward. I, I think anyone invested in him is going to be very happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, Colts, the Colts hung right with the Jaguars. You know, they weren't really supposed to. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he came out out of the gate through thirty seven passes. Like, shock. You know, what what would we give? for somebody like Ritter or Justin Fields, I mean, Fields threw more this week, but I mean, I'm talking more like last yeah. year, rookie season, what we would have given for that many pass attempts uh, and a 65% completion percentage. I mean, that was a big knock on him Is accuracy. Yes. yes. So, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't the, it was, it was a somewhat soft landing with the opponent with Jacksonville, but I, I, I don't care. Like I, I get so sick of the, like, well, look who he played. It's like, okay, well, what do you want him to do? You know what I mean? Do you want him to, t- I mean, he didn't light the world on fire. He didn't. You know, but especially relative to how quarterback play, quarterback play was horrendous in week one across. Oh, the Oh, so I bad. Mean, a lot of the really good quarterbacks had really tough matchups um, in my like weekly matchup stuff. I noticed that like a lot of the top seven, eight guys had really brutal matchups. But still, it was just across the board. There were just a couple of bright spots at QB and he was definitely one of them.
0: And I think for me too, like I drafted a lot of Anthony Richardson, but I also paired him with some other quarterbacks just in case. And I didn't play him everywhere in week one. I played him a lot. Um, But man, like I, I think he's locked and loaded quarterback one Uh comment here from Austin saying uh couldn't even make it through week one without getting hurt though. Yeah. He, he needs to learn to protect himself. Same yeah. with Josh Allen last night. It was just, I think crazy. he's good to go.
1: I think I saw he's, he's good to go for week two, I think, but But yeah, I mean, you know, it was, you know, with with he's got to learn how to slide um, and not take those hits. Because, I mean, concussions happen all the time in the NFL. Yes, I think that's what that that was the potential with the injury on in the game. So but yeah, Austin's right. I mean, that is a that is a concern. That's a risk for sure.
0: Some other news here. We got Kenneth Gainwell's a huge winner as well. 18 touches for him. DeAndre Swift, three touches. Boston Scott, three touches. And uh, Rashad Penny, inactive in this one, Scott. So I think if you took the late shot on Kenneth Gainwell, like we, like we recommended in the preseason, you're over the moon about it. If he's out there on your waiver wires, I think you need to consider him. Um, he did sit out today because of a, a, a rib injury, and he plays on Thursday night. With that being said, if he's out there, Scott, what percentage of Fab are you comfortable dishing out for Gainwell? Well, I mean,
1: here's the problem with Kenneth Gainwell, it, and I, I wrote my winners and losers article for IBT. He was one of my biggest winners. I couldn't get the article written fast enough before he's on the injury report. So he has a he has a rib injury, and he's questionable because they play they they're on a short week. They play Thursday yes. night. He's he's questionable to play on Thursday. So. I liked what I saw from Kenneth Gainwell. What I wrote up about him is, you know, I, I was not expecting him to have a 70 plus percent opportunity share and DeAndre Swift to have like one touch. Mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting that. I don't necessarily expect that to continue. I think he will stay as the lead back, but it's a little bit murkier because it's hard to, it's hard to blow a bunch of fab on someone who might not play this week. You know what I mean? I mean, it depends on your situation, but like, you know, you're either one and O or O and one. So You know what I mean? It's like, you could be in a, in a spot where you're picking him up long-term, or you could be in a spot where you're picking him up to play this week. And you know, that gives me hesitance. I'm not spending as much as I would have before the, before the, the, the rib injury. Yes. Um, That being said, I mean, you know, like
0: 10, 15%, I think, you know, I, I, I'm probably not going too crazy for him right now. And if he is rostered, I, I think you maybe should consider selling high on him. Like, I, I think this might be a time the Eagles backfield could could Kenneth Gainwell very well have double digit touchdowns this season, Scott, in that backfield. I think he can. I think that's within the projections if he is getting a 60 to 70 percent opportunity share. But I don't know if that opportunity share stays there. That's the, that's the whole issue. We, we, we could see DeAndre Swift have a bigger impact here in week two. We could see them bring back Rashad Penny, who's obviously re- well rested as well. So I'm just worried that this is maybe the the most opportunity he sees for the season
1: yeah i mean that's it's a good point the the only issue with this early trying to sell high he doesn't he doesn't have the flashy fantasy point total to go with it we're talking about usage and volume here an opportunity which we know is is rules the day but selling high this early in the season with an 11 point
0: fantasy game great point not sure it's gonna you're not sure you're gonna be able to do it yep especially since he's hurt Let's move from Kenny G. Let's go to Kenneth Walker out there in Seattle where you live. And 19 touches for him, including five targets. And this was a surprise to me, man. A lot of the fantasy platforms had really high projections for Zach Charbonnet in his first week of action. It was just three carries, zero targets. Maybe it played in the fact that were kind of getting blown out by the Rams. Um, but, but what do you see from Kenneth Walker here? Are you happy with him if you drafted him as a mid-RB2? Because I think he's returning value there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am. I think, you know, I think the the overcorrection when Charbonnet got drafted um, with the overcorrection as far as, you know, what, what this backfield would look like and the discount it then attached to Kenneth Walker, I think people are going to be reaping the benefit. I, still, I like Charbonnet. I think he's going to get some work, but I I never saw it as like this immediate 50-50 split that was going to happen. I mean, you know, rookie running backs can take a little while to get going. So I was, I mean, the five targets could have been a little bit game script dependent um i mean he was this he had the second highest rb tar- target share on the week i know i know you, like, you posted I mean, that on, and it's, I, it's I was Walker. floored like it's insane um so but he he's he looked he looked good running the ball he looked like he did last year he looked physical you know he looked i think as long as he can stay healthy i mean i think he will
0: return value at that discount you got him for um and i think he's a solid rb too all right, we're going to run through the rest of these winners real quick. And then, Scott, I want you to tell me at the end which performance was the most astounding to you. Romeo Dobbs, we didn't think this guy was maybe even going to play for the Packers. Comes out, has a two touchdown day. Michael Pittman Jr. Shout out Mike fucking Stoyanov. On our Friday show, he said how he really thought Michael Pittman Jr. is being undervalued this season. Well, comes out 11 targets, 8 receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown. I think everyone expected the the Colts passing game to be a little nerfed this season, not so fast our friends. Calvin Ridley, he is the clear alpha wide receiver in Jacksonville, four more targets than everyone else, 8 for 101 and 1. And uh brandon Ayuk, man scott you have your hands all over this one already you loved brandon Ayuk the summer i feel like caught all eight of his targets for 129 and eight uh and two and that's against uh, the pittsburgh steelers here and then zay flowers rounds out this list of winners listen man i loved zay flowers talent in the draft he was my wide receiver two before it came to draft day i hated the landing spot i moved him down significantly I have no Zay Flowers, and I, I think that might be an issue, Scott. He goes 10 targets for 9 and 87 yards. Looked like the best offensive player in that game on Sunday after J.K. Dobbins went down.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, what was it? Zay Flowers and Puka Nakua both had over a 40% target share. I mean, it's, it's unheard of for a rookie at any point during a, their rookie season to have a 40% target share, but to have two of them do it in week one is absolutely crazy mind-boggling yeah i mean so i mean i'm i'm all about i like zay flowers i I was just kind of in the middle on him like for the first part of the offseason but i just it slowly slowly grew as i looked at him more and kind of analyzed his college profile you know i mean his landing spot didn't seem like a good one but you know he he dominated you know, that, that, that receiver target share over Odell Beckham and Rashad. And
0: definitely come down with Mark Andrews back, but still to see how impressive he looked compared to Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, who was starting a- after Nelson Aguilar, like that, that was kind of weird. Rashad Bateman seems to be in the doghouse. Um Out of Ridley, Ayuk, Pittman and, and Dobbs, what, which was your favorite performance here in week one? Um, I mean,
1: the one I felt the best about was Ayuk, just because I've been, I've been on, I, I mean, I've loved Ayuk since the very beginning. You know, I kind of I let myself give up on a little him a little bit during that second year. But you know, one of my takes was I thought Ayuk would outscore Debo Samuel this year. And I mean, it's just one game. Um, but but the the one that surprised me the most, and I know our our friend in the chat, Austin, pointed out that the Colts were not playing a very good secondary. And sure, that's true. <laughs> but um, but it was Pittman Pittman with eleven targets, hundred and touchdown. And I mean, I think he had. Zero, I thought I heard. Somebody saying he had zero targets or very few targets in the first half. It was all second half.
0: It was a lot of second so half. Yeah,
1: he's just he's one of those guys who who was he's a talented wide receiver. He's an alpha wide receiver, and he's just been forgotten about and buried, you know. Um, and and you know, this year, lots of question marks coming in with with Richardson as the QB, but you know,
0: uh, Shane Steichen, man, Shane Steichen, I really think is a huge difference there,
1: college level secondary or not it was very promising for both Richardson and, and, and uh, Pittman jr. So I think Pittman was the most surprised.
0: Let's talk about some of the losers. Cause we can't all be winners. Am I right? Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Baltimore, oh. pretty bad day for him. Honestly, like he was so efficient. Bad. He was efficient 17 for 22 or 22, uh, but an interception only six rushing attempts for 36 yards. And this comes after JK Dobbins, Terrace is achilles he scored a touchdown earlier in this one as well and it was really frustrating to see this scott because jk is a player who i think we all sell the talent at ohio state and while i've never been a huge jk guy i've never had him before this year in fantasy drafts i thought this was the year the breakout was coming he, he was in a new offense he was in the team that really needed him and man i, I i'm worried like i i don't know if the raven's rebound from this scott because i was already fading them a little bit just because i didn't believe in todd munkin like everyone else did and i I think losing him is a huge hit man they're a better team with him and now they have to kind of like sort through the uh pieces of gus edwards justice hill and melvin gordon for their running game which they rely so heavily on
1: yeah i mean just it reminds me a little bit of Rashad. I'm a Seahawks fan, so I got to have to watch this similar thing with Rashad Penny, you know, where he just he'd mm. make his way back and get hurt. But this one's worse, in my in my opinion. I think, yes. I think J.K. Dobbins, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see it now, but I always thought if he got if he just if he had a healthy season, dude, average um, like
0: six yards per carry.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he reminded me of, of, of Nick Chubb Light a little bit. Um, and so he was another guy like him, Devontae Williams, and Brees Hall in the few dynasty leagues where I bought low. When they got hurt, and I've just been sitting there patiently waiting, and then this year have him ready to go. Now, obviously, his his health and his career is more important than my fantasy team. So, I mean, your heart goes out to him because it's an Achilles, and it's it's just it's hard to know. I mean, we we we're going to be robbed of a of a J.K. Dobbins prime hundred you know, like, percent, you know, for multiple years performance. We're not we're not going to we're not going to see that. What we'll still see is is still to be. Still to be known what we're going to see from Dobbins, but I mean, my heart goes out to him. I mean, to rehab for that long from the previous oh, injury, just to just yeah. to have it, just to just to get hurt and miss the season, right? It's just brutal.
0: Yeah, and and are you still in on the Ravens' offense? Because I think I, I mean, obviously, if you have Mark Andrews, you're kind of stuck with him right now. We like Zay Flowers. We just talked about him, but I, I'm nervous, man. Like I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a deflation from what expectations were this season.
1: So the Ravens offense is one that I'm really, every year, we all of us, me included, overreact to stuff, and we put too much weight on what happens in week one. I'm not saying that's what we're doing here, but that's kind of where I'm leaning with this. I'm not panicking about, I mean, their running game, yes, I don't know what that's going to look like. Sure, there's some waiver wire guys we'll talk about, but like none of it really moves the needle for me. Mm -hmm. But as far as their offense and their passing offense and Lamar Jackson, I'm... I'm not panicking yet. It was week one. honestly, I, I looked at l- listened to some people on some podcasts today that know more a lot more about just regular NFL and defense than I do uh, pointing out that Houston actually has a sne- pretty sneaky good pass defense. Yes, and they, that do. they aren't yes. just this they aren't just this cake matchup because they're Houston. Um, you know and and it was a it was a positive game script for for the for the Ravens. you know they they basically had the game well in hand the whole time. So I'm not panicking yet.
0: okay. Some other losers here. DeAndre Swift, we don't really need to touch on him. It's just a usage thing here. We could see more of him on Thursday night, though. He could bounce back if Kenneth Gainwell doesn't go. Drake London. Man, the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith doesn't give a fuck about our fantasy teams. Uh, A donut for Drake London here in week one. Just one target. Um, However, I do want to point out that the Falcons did just run 47 plays. This was a game I was kind of afraid of coming in just because it is – two teams who typically have some slower game scripts who, who, who don't run a ton of plays. Um, so I was kind of worried about that um, next up for them, the Packers, but then it's the lions and the Jaguars. Is there room for optimism? Can you buy low on London or, or do you want nothing to do with it?
1: I mean, I might consider it. I, I don't think it's to the point just again, after one game, I mean, it's a goose egg. It hurts. It's awful. I mean, you know, one target, zero catches. So, you know, I don't know if, the value compared to the risk you're taking on would be worth it quite yet. If he has another bad game, I might then try and get him for pennies, but yeah, I tried
0: tires already and people were still more optimistic than I thought they were going to be. So the problem with this one is it's like
1: kind of an, I told you so moment for people that were like, things aren't going to change because there's, there's no way around what happened in that game. You know what I mean? Kyle Pitts only had a couple of, a couple of catches. I mean, Matt Collins led the team in, in receptions, you know, uh, or no, it probably was Bijan who led the team. Matt Collins led the wide receivers in receptions. There were only freaking five targets to wide receivers the whole game. So it's it's but I think it's, it is also still an extreme version of the Arthur Smith game plan. I mean, yes, he comes out and says, like, oh, I don't care about your fantasy team. Drake London doesn't care as long as we win, blah, blah, blah. And, and I get that he had more power to him. They did win. Now, Carolina is a terrible team. There was the game was never in question. Um, so it, it could only go up, but you know, like I, I, was big on London this off season. I mean, I, I, I understood the risk of, of the, of the potential passing offense, but just what he did, his advanced statistics last year were elite. So I was kind of buying into that. So I, I, am you know, I'm lowering him. I'm lowering him farther than I'm lowering Garrett Wilson. Uh, I had Garrett Wilson higher than Drake London, you know, but I'm yes. lowering London yeah. farther than Wilson, if that makes sense. And
0: so. Yeah. yeah. OK. OK. And Christian Kirk, he, he was another big loser this week. Three targets, mm-hmm. one yard or, or excuse me, three targets, one reception, nine yards. Like it was just a bad day for Kirk. I kind of just chopped it up as that. They're like, hey, it's a bad day. He didn't see the field a ton. Um, we saw a lot more w- wide or two wide receiver sets than we usually see out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I just chalked it up to that. Like he'll bounce back. You weren't, you aren't so confident. You, you shared some thoughts in, in your, uh, your your article this week that you might be out on Kirk. I'm, I'm really nervous. I don't really have Kirk anywhere. Um, but
1: I'm nervous the way this offense ran. He just, you know, he didn't, he's not seeing the field enough. I mean, Zay Jones and obviously Calvin Ridley are lined up outside Kirk ran 90 plus percent of his, of his routes from the slot, which I mean, he did the same in college. He was a 90 plus percent slot guy in college. But, you know, with the tight end packages they, that, that they used during that game, just Kirk's, Kirk's snap share wasn't that high. And it led to a sub 10% target share. And the, the with this one, I think, you know, this was one I was talking to my new friend, Adam Coffer, uh, at a baller, or I was I was trained and he was saying, you know, that you could see this coming in the preseason. And I led to the question, well, what what can you look at? What can you not in the preseason? He said, well, this. This scenario of Kristen Kirk kind of being the odd man out in Jacksonville was starting to materialize in the preseason, and then it came, you know, full circle in week one. So, you know, I mean, he wasn't like crazy expensive, but, you know, low end end two, high end three is about where he was going, somewhere Mm -hmm. in that range. I don't think he's going to return it. Like, I mean, honestly, Zay Jones is one of my bigger waiver wire guys this week, just because I think it's going to – I think this pattern that we saw I think is what we're going to see.
0: I am – Uh, I am rightfully a Christian uh, Christian Kirk manager so I am going to be a little optimistic however I just think we're going to see some different packages I I thought we saw some run heavy sets Um, but let's talk more about Zay Jones some of these other waiver wire targets tonight Um, we know people are going to be putting in some claims here momentarily and we'll also be talking about some of our free agent fines you can get after the waivers run or very cheaply on your fab as well so let's do that with some In The Scope (laughs) Requesting permission In the scope. All right, in the scope is our segment where we look past the mainstream targets and talk about some in-depth targets. Um, who could really pay dividends in a week or two. Last week we featured Puka Nakua as one of these. And uh, if you got him now, man, you're you're really happy. So looking at the mainstream targets, we, we talked about a lot of these guys last week and even in the preseason. Kenneth Gainwell, Roshan Johnson, Tyler Algier, Kyron Williams, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards. These are the mainstream guys you're going to have to pay up with some fab. Give me one name that you're targeting out all of those right now, Scott. Um, I mean, you know, Puka Nakua would be
1: my top ad this week. But based on where I'm at with leagues I'm in with, you know, inverse of standings, I still have a few of those in my waiver priority. Um, I'm probably not going to get him because I'm not going to go crazy nuts with the Fab. Um, But he would be my top bad. Like, I I think even when Cooper Cup comes back, I think, I I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. So, like, I watched Red Zone all morning and then I watched every single snap of that Seahawks game. Um, And he really did, like, I know it seems hyperbolic, but he really reminded me of Cooper Cup because I've watched the Seahawks play Cooper Cup for years and just been frustrated at, like, Oh my God! Cover him, or how did right. he get open there? How did he get that separation? How did? And Nakua, I mean, it again. I don't want to be hyperbolic. I'm not calling him Cooper Cup, but it really reminded me of the frustration as a Seahawks fan. Um, and I mean, 15 targets, 119 yards. I mean, he. It just was. It was amazing. So, again, you know, I he would be my top ad, but I'm probably I'm trying to be a little careful with my fab. Starting out this year, so I'm probably not going to end up with him. Another one I like is Kyron Williams. Um, oh, really? I, I, I again, same game. I saw him. He looked, you know, almost night and day better than Cam Akers. Um, he played more than Cam Akers. Cam Akers ran the ball 22 times for 29 yards, uh, which is just horrific. Um, you know, Akers did get the late touchdown, so his fantasy score looks okay. Yes. Um, but I mean, there was talk about Kyron Williams being used more, and he he would definitely be the pass catching back out of the two. And I just don't think he's going to be that expensive. Um, so he he's a he's a speculative ad that I'd be looking at. Um, but wide receiver wise, like like I said, I mean Zay Zay Jones, I like it. I mean they're going to be a, they're going to they're going to pass the ball a lot. I mean, you know, say what you want about Trevor Lawrence, but compared to the entire NFL this year, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Compared to how a lot of the quarterbacks played, um, and I just think I think they I think they know what they're doing, and I think he's going to play a lot. So I mean, Zay Jones, and I just think he's cheap. He's not going to just Zay Jones will not break your
0: bank. Got a question here from Flex Frog over on the Twitch. How much value does he lose when Cooper Cup is back, and how much fab are you willing to spend? I think it's very hard to answer the question about, about how much value does he lose when Cup comes back because Cup is a Super Bowl MVP. He is a Hall of Fame caliber player. However, maybe they move Nakua to a different situation, a, a different position on the field because he is playing a lot of that inverted slot role. He was moving the outside. He was kind of playing that Cooper Cup role, but that doesn't mean there can't be a role for him in this offense. I think he does lose... Like, I think he's losing some value, obviously. But there's a world where three, four months from now, Scott, we're saying Puka Nakua finishes the year as wide receiver 35, 36. Like I could see a low end wide receiver finish for him. And right now, like we still don't have confirmation. Cup is coming back in week five. It could be a couple of weeks. Yeah, so, we don't know. So I, I, I think that's part of it. It's hard to assess the value straight up, Flex Frog. It's a great question. As far as the fab, no more than twenty percent for me. Uh, if I really, really need a receiver, if I if I had Garrett Wilson or something like that, I might be willing to go twenty five percent. But still, that is a lot right now. Um, so I would be afraid um, of that. Yeah. And, no, and, I'm
1: with you. I'm with you on that amount. Okay, that's why I think I'm not going to get him because people are going to people are going to spend up.
0: Well, and we're going to give you some other like some other of the mainstream options here at wide receiver. Romeo Dobbs, nineteen point one percent owned. I would not go crazy for Romeo too. It's just kind of two touchdowns. Christian Watson will be back as well. Zay Jones, Scott's talked about him. Josh Reynolds, less than 1% rostered right now in ESPN leagues. He's the wide receiver too moving forward for the Detroit Lions. Still going to have a role in this offense even when JMO comes back in week seven. Robert Woods, your old buddy Robert Woods, uh, Scott, he, he, he's oh, being used root for Robert Woods. He's being used differently now. He's kind of being used in that target volume uh shallow de- depth of f- target role but he's been really really good um at least what we saw last week uh it- with the texans so i don't mind robert woods there at 2.7% rostered and then rashid shaheed 2.1% owned oh, he uh switched his number to 22 over the offseason so that was kind of cool to see him uh going down there but scott i mean those are some other good options like i would almost rather pay Two dollars here for Robert Woods. Three dollars here for uh, a Rashid Shahid, rather than paying up at, as much as I have to for Nakua at this point. Even though we love Nakua.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, Shahid's another one I really like. You know, he um, he doesn't play. You know, it's Chris Olave who Chris Olave is him. I mean, he I think he showed it. He just didn't get the touchdown. Michael Thomas also got eight targets, So he's, you know, he's at least back as far as he's he's gonna be right there in that in that wide receiver market share. Um, you know, so he's third on the list. But ever since he came into the league ever since that first t- I'll never forget his first touchdown because it was a 44 yard touchdown and the ESPN update said 44 yard touchdown by unknown player. <laughs> I didn't know his name. Yeah, so um, but his his fantasy points per target. He's week one. He was second. I think he was of people that had over five targets. He was, he was the second highest fan. He's just very efficient. He's a deep threat. He's probably not going to be that safe, you know, eight to 12 point guy for you every week, but he's going to be dirt cheap and, you know, in the right matchup, especially at home in the dome. Um, I like Shahid. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's some good, you know, Robert Woods saw 20 plus percent target share in Houston. Um, you know, him and Nico Collins, I think. You know, Nico Collins is a little bit more owned, but not not anywhere near a hundred percent. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, Strab looked okay, threw the ball a lot, but both you know, all those receivers, I think I agree. A couple bucks, you know, sprinkle, you know, a little a, sprinkle. A few percentage of my fab, I'll spend on them as opposed to going after Nakua.
0: Yes. And uh Hanson, I see your question. We'll get to that in one second. I just want to talk about some of the mainstream tight end options out there. Sam Laporta looks great on Thursday night, man. I, I think Sam Laporte is going to be a stud in this Detroit lions offense, Jake Ferguson, seven targets for Ferguson. Uh, he, he's a second year man coming out of Wisconsin. We talked about him in the offseason a little bit as a sleeper. I really like what he did. He's only 7% roster right now. He'll be relied on more down the stretch. That was a game where they kind of had it already, uh, in hand. If you would, it was 40 to nothing, uh, before you blinked really. So, don't worry about Jake Ferguson. He's going to be great. And also uh, one of the other tight ends dropped a really easy ch- touchdown, Peyton Henders shot. So I think Ferguson will see even more uh, targets coming his way. Hayden Hurst, 4.9% rostered. Old Hayden Hurst, man. We love some Hayden Hurst over here on this podcast. And then Zach Ertz comes back with authority, man. Uh, 39% rostered for Ertz. So a little bit more of a name value still. Um, but out of these tight ends, who do you like the best? Um.
1: It's so funny. I did. I wrote this really in-depth piece for fantasy data over the offseason on rookie tight ends. But man, these these big three, Musgrave, Kincaid and Laporta. I think I like Laporta the best out of the list. I, you do, just too. Said. I do, too. Because um, I, I looked up some rookie snap shares today. All three of those tight ends, because here's the deal with tight ends after week one. If you're trying to look for, you know, potential sleepers, guys to stash, somebody that you think might don't look at fantasy points scored in week one for tight ends. It's just, it's not the right thing to look at. What I'm looking at, especially with younger players and rookies, is snap share. And both, or all three, all three of those tight ends were above a 70% snap share in their debut NFL game as tight ends. That's a, that's a really promising sign for all three of those rookies. So, I mean, I, I add Musgrave to this list as well. Um, okay. Another guy to maybe, another guy to potentially kick the tires on coming back from the dead is Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas uh, had a bunch of targets for the commanders. I know, for the commanders. Um, I know. Eric B. I
0: loves to use the tight end in his system too. So it makes sense. Yeah.
1: So, but I also, I mean, all those tight ends, I think are good, are good um, risks to take. If you don't have just an every week starter, you know, say, you know, Ferguson, uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but you know, was up there in the, in the target leaders for the Cowboys. Um, And the Cowboys will have better days passing. They're not going to drop out by 30 points because of defensive touchdowns every
0: week. So um, yeah. We got Thomas here insane. Thoughts on P- Pat Fryermuth versus these tight ends we just laid out. Listen, man, Thomas, if you're new to the show, welcome to the Pat Fryermuth fan club, man. We we love Pat Fryermuth, he's one of my all-ins this year. There'll be better days ahead for the Pittsburgh Steelers in general. Looks so out of sync. We fucking hate Matt Canada on this show. Like Matt Canada, <laughs> no offense, can go jump off a cliff. Dude's terrible, play caller, but at the same time. The Steelers kind of got boat raced at, out of Akashire on Sunday. I expect better days ahead for them. Pat Fryermuth is injured, though. Like, like, he did lead this game. He came back in, caught the touchdown. I appreciate that. My fantasy teams appreciate yes, that. Too. My anytime touchdown scorer also appreciate that. Um, so I, I I would definitely pick one of these guys up as well. Like, if you can roster two tight ends, do it. Um, if you only can have one and you know Fryermuth is going to, to be ready to go on Sunday, then just keep rolling Fryermuth. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind grabbing a Laporta or a Ferguson off the waiver wire if I could as well. Um, another question here from our guy Hanson. What's up, Hanson? Thanks for making time for us tonight, man. So it's got a trade offer, Brandon Ayuk for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> so this is the ultimate tester, Scott, because are you willing to cut your losses with Garrett Wilson this early because of one pop game for Brandon Ayuk? I don't think I can do this. I think Garrett Wilson's just a better talented player. Maybe they bring in a Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they make a move for him. Something like that. I can't do it yet.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. That this would be a this would be a little bit too much overreaction, recency bias for me. You know, I mean, if you just look at what happened, you know, it seems you know there could be a piece of your brain that's like, oh, Ayuk, no question. Look what look what happened but i think garrett wilson is still a significantly better receiver than ayuk um you know and you know we'll, we'll see what happens with we don't really have a track record cuz last year garrett wilson you know he was like wide receiver 32 or something so he didn't light the world on fire but you can't necessarily just blame that on quarterback play cuz he was also Yes. A so we yeah. don't really have this like is he QB proof for you know lack of a better phrase is garrett wilson QB proof um i think he might be um, maybe, you know, maybe this year's a little bit of a stretch for that, but I think Garrett Wilson is the type that, you know, Devonte Adams-esque where they're just, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I am not, this is, this would be the type of trade where I would like, if, if like a sell high on Ayuk would be something like this.
0: Yes. Yes. I agree. I, I, I would prefer Wilson in this every day, despite the strong showing, uh, from Ayuk and losing Rodgers on Wilson's end. Uh, here we have another question from Cameron. Hey, fellas, who are you rolling out for the RB2 this week? Javante Williams or Brian Robinson Jr.? said his other options, Jalen Warren and Charbonnet. Bijan is his RB1. Man, it, it was kind of tough sledding, uh, I, I felt like, for anyone who's rostering Antonio Gibson, because Brian Robinson had a feature role in this offense, man. Like he really looked like the real deal, even caught a receiving touchdown, but Javante, man, like, like he came back, like what we saw at a breeze hall an explosion. We might've not saw in Javante, but we saw the workload, Scott. So, so how do you, how do you shake this one out for week one here uh, for our guy, Cameron B. Um, So I'm, I'm a little bit higher on Brian
1: Robinson after week one than I was, Uh, you know, the, the issue there was, it was, you know, a different coaching staff. Are they going to, there, there was a chance Gibson, I think it's becoming this, it's becoming this loose, you know, Charlie Brown kicking the football thing with Antonio Gibson at this point, but there was a chance that, you know, B Rob would not be in that primary role. He was that being said, I'm still taking Javante Williams here because he just, he has the higher ceiling and that's what I want.
0: And they play Uh, each other. B
1: Rob had B Rob had, did have 19 carries. He did get the, the, but he had 19 carries for 59 yards, three yards a carry. Like, it's just to me, you know, that's that's just doesn't move the needle for me. Like so somebody like Javante, who, you know, had a close to a 20 percent target share in his first game back. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan also had a good game. They both can coexist together in that offense. And Russell Wilson looked, you know, better than last year. And so did that offense. So um, so I'm taking I'm taking Javante and also taking Javante over the other two guys.
0: You got Tyler in the chat saying he sold IU today for two first round picks and dynasty. Wow. Congrats, man. That's, Congrats. That's how great, it's done. Great that's work, Tyler. Good stuff. Wouldn't expect anything less from that guy. Um, we got a couple more questions in here. If you guys don't mind hanging around, we're going to get through in the scope and then we're going to do a whole segment, just answering your guys' questions and questions from the fancy football advice forum as well. Um, so Scott, let's get back to some in the scope. These are the candidates for uh after waivers run man or guys you can pick up for very little fab who is your in scope candidate here after week one
1: so my in the scope it's you know it's not really based on some big fantasy day but it's ty spears it's the it's the rookie running back for the for the tennessee titans um and the reason he's in my scope is again You know, I looked at it today, I tweeted something out, you know, especially with rookies, something I look at after game one is not necessarily the fantasy points. It's not somebody I'm picking up to start in week two, but it's snap share. Are rookies being trusted and put out on the field a lot. Tajay Spears was one of two rookie running backs that saw a 50 plus percent snap share in week one. The other one was Bijan Robinson. So that's I mean, to me, that says something when Derrick Henry is the other running back. You know, he turned that into four touches for 28 yards. So I mean that's that's the part where it's like no one is breaking the bank for this running back. You're not starting him. But I think he is going to have standalone flex flex appeal um in that offense. He had four targets, he he had three rushes for 27 yards. So I mean, you know, he showed that explosiveness, loved his college statistical profile. And then you have that added thing. If the soon-to-be 30-year-old Derrick Henry were to go down with an injury. I mean I think Spears turns turns into one of those league winning those league winning running backs at that point. So this is a guy, I mean you don't have to really spend anything for him right now. Um he's rostered I think in ESPN it was 11 12% rostership. Correct. You know, so he's he's sitting out there, he's he you know, even if you don't pick him up this week, he's just a guy. He's a guy I'm trying to put on, get on my bench if I have space um and and stash where I can.
0: And I saw a lot of Derek and Henry managers panicking because of the Spears usage here. And I, I wouldn't be panicked at all because they're two different players, man. Spears is a pass catcher. Just just missed that one really nice catch he was going to have for a potential touchdown. Ryan Tannehill did not put him on, on him there. However, I really think like Spears is a change of pace, pass catching running back, and Henry's a thumper. And I, I think we're going to see more of that. And it kept, keeps Henry fresh for the season. And I think that's a good thing if you're a Henry manager. So don't panic. And I like the Spears call here. He's he was one of my favorite running backs coming out this year, man. He was who he was on the field on Sunday was exactly who he looked like in his tape at Tulane last season. So really happy to see it there from him. My in the scope candidate. I'm going to go back to the wide receiver position. Um, for those of you who are like me. You might have drafted some J.K. Dobbins in the middle round. You might have drafted some Cam Akers in the middle round. You might be panicking at the wide receiver position. How about we we dig deep here? Let's look at Kendrick Bourne from the New England Patriots. And I know nobody's hot on Kendrick Bourne right now, and I totally understand why you wouldn't be hot on Kendrick Bourne. This is a guy who hasn't averaged a ton of targets in his career, has never been someone who's been a focal point in an offense. However, in Week 1, 11 targets, 6 receptions, 64 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Obviously, those 2 touchdowns are going to make his day look better than it even was. Obviously, Tyquan Thornton and uh, Devontae Parker being rolled out of this one are also going to help him. So a lot of things went right for Kendrick Bourne in Week 1. However, beat reporters were hyping this guy up all offseason. It came to fruition. And when you look back at the Patriots in 2021, before Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were running this offense, Bourne was pretty good. Number one in QB rating per target at 138.1 and was second in fantasy points per target at 2.58. So that tells you right there in those advanced metrics, he's efficient and he has a connection with Mac Jones. I think Bill Be- Bill O'Brien recognized that, Scott, and we're going to see more Kendrick Bourne down the stretch here. I know the Patriots aren't going to throw fifty four times every week, but their schedule moving forward this week, Dolphins. I would play him at the Dolphins. Jets, probably want to play him at the, at the Jets, but Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bills, Dolphins. Like you to have to play him because I think they're going to have to throw more than than we initially thought, maybe in our projections this season.
1: Yeah, I mean that the Patriots passing offense, specifically Mac Jones throwing it fifty plus. I think he, I think he paced the field this week in the NFL. Most most That's crazy most Um, That was that was a surprise, you know, and I mean, they were playing the Eagles. So, I mean, they were they were behind. But again, it's the Eagles. It's one of the better defenses in the league. I actually I like the Kendrick Bourne call. I mean, you know, you have to look at what what's happening now as opposed to thinking. I mean, you remember back to like he was on the 49ers getting one target a game forever. Yeah, just this forgotten about guy. But I mean, out of all the pass catchers on that team, I mean, again, it's just week one. He was the one with the 90 plus percent target share. He was the one that ran at least. Ten to twelve more routes than any other wide receiver on the team, so that that's not a fluky thing. Like, and with the eleven targets, that's those types of numbers are are show the intent that they want him on the field and they want him getting the ball. Um, you know, we we can say what we want about Devonte Parker when he's healthy, Juju Smith Schuster, what we think about those receivers, but the yeah, team certainly. told us week one that Kendrick Bourne could be their 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 one, their one. So yeah, I'd like a piece of that because he's even cheaper than any any of these players we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, I am putting my socks into Kendrick Bourne. He is someone I'm trying to leave most of the waiver wires or scoop them up after the waivers run here. So those are our In the Scope uh, candidates there, guys. Let's go ahead and we're going to get into our next segment here. And it is none other than from the forum. We're going to be answering questions um, live here on YouTube that we're getting and also from the members over at the Fantasy Football Advice Network. So here's a sneak peek of what the Fancy Football Advice Network has going on this season and how you can get involved as well. All right. And just a reminder that if you guys want to check out the Fantasy Football Advice Network, go to fantasyfootballadvice.com. This is a platform where us creators and players of Fantasy Football can help support each other, interact with each other. It's basically taking all these other cool apps, Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and combining it into one And I love it because as someone who plays as so many fantasy football leagues like I do, is creating content, it's hard for me to use those other platforms. So This really kind of creates it into one platform that I can download the app. I can have it up on my desktop while I'm working. I can shoot questions out. People can ask me questions. It's a really, really cool app going on over there. So use the promo code IBT. You're going to get 25% off your first month over there. And it is just a fantastic platform. So we appreciate them and everything they're bringing to us this season. I want to get to a couple questions in the chat before we get to the members questions over there. Um, First one here, Scott Gibbs or Jacobs. It's still Jacobs for me. I I do like Gibbs. I do like the explosiveness we saw. Um, I I love what we saw, the lines in general but it, you know 21 touches for Josh Jacobs he just didn't find the end zone he didn't really have much explosion against the the tough Denver Broncos front there i'm not worried about it it's still jacobs for me is this code.
1: is this for week 2
0: yeah oh ooh, I, I was thinking this was a trade rest of season hopefully Tammy can give us some guidance um, but let's let's take it as a trade rest of season
1: yeah i mean i think regardless of how the what the question is i'm still i'm still taking i love gibbs um See? but i'm still taking jacobs he's just he's 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 a bell cow. It, you can't. He had a he had a rough week one, but this would I think be another scenario of Ayuk for Garrett Wilson style. Yes, um, Yes. So I'm taking Jacobs.
0: Wilson or Adams? And man, listen, I'm I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I've been p- fading Devonte Adams pretty much all off season. But oh man, my heart wouldn't let me do this. So so I I'm gonna pass on this one. But Scott, do you have an answer? Because I think it is clearly Adams at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had Adams ranked higher than Wilson at the start before week one. So that hasn't changed. Yeah,
0: it's still Adams for me. We got Duffy saying over on the Twitch, trade Hawkinson, DJ Moore. I'm hoping that's DJ Moore. If that's Elijah Moore, let me know in the comments, Duffy. Um, Where's Sky Moore? And oh, geez, we got a lot of Moores going on. And White for Henry and Higby. So, oh, man. I almost think I would do that. Depending who the more is, I, I I think I would probably do that. Ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't know how do you, I don't know. You are losing a lot of value there just for Henry and Hagby who who is a couple week rental in my my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm taking the you well. Know, I know Rashad White didn't have a great week one, but I'm still you know I'm on the Rashad White train. Yes. So, um yeah, if that's DJ Moore, I'm I'm keeping that side. Because Hawkinson also Hawkinson didn't you know have a hundred yards and a touchdown, but he had the, he had the usage that you like to see, and I think he still was like top five tight end on the week. So, um, and I agree, Higby. I mean, and
0: it's a rental. You know, I'm a little bit
1: down down on Higby, even with Cooper Cup gone, with the Nakua emergence, and Higby's perform. I mean, I I expected Higby to be to have a big day against the Seahawks. Um, you know, and he only had three catches. So I'm on the left side of this. The the three player side of this.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great, great question. And I I would just kind of say, say to, to, to close out that one, if you can get something more than Higby back with Henry, I would maybe be interested in in dealing with that, but you're just kind of going all in on one player who does have a little bit of an injury history. So just a little bit concerning there. Um, Let's get to some of our questions here from our friends over at the Fantasy football advice network. First one coming in from our guy IDP Iggy, one of the Iggy. coolest dudes I, I've yeah, met in this great. space, man. Um, he's saying, "Which QB do you expect to have the biggest week two improvement?" And I'm I, I'm gonna get very non sexy here, but let's talk Ryan Tannehill because he looked like garbage. I and I saw a lot of Ryan Tannehill hate out there. Put in Will Levis, uh, you know, m- make the bleeding stop. But I think. The Saints defense is a little better than we we thought it was. This is, again, another one of those games, teams running at very slow paces. The Titans, the Saints, both bottom 10 teams last season in plays per game. But it was it bad enough at a 47% completion percentage, three interceptions, three sacks, like that he can bounce back? I think he can because he's going to face the Chargers. He goes back home to Tennessee. Tua just threw for almost 500 yards and three touchdowns on him. The pace of play is going to pick up. I think Ryan Tannehill bounces back in a big way. I think DeAndre Hopkins finally gets use of those uh, 11 targets this week as well. So I'm expecting big things for the t- Titans overall here uh, in week two. Tighten up, Scott.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's only one direction for him to go um, after that performance. So I'm going to go with, I mean, a guy that I had ranked pretty highly and it did not look good in week one, and that's Daniel Jones. Um, I think, you know, they just they ran into a divisional buzz buzzsaw. Uh yeah, and they couldn't get out of their own way. So it was an abysmal day for the Giants, obviously. But then he gets Arizona. He gets Arizona in week two. I think that the whole Giants offense is gonna have a bounce back week against Arizona. Um, the other candidate for this one for me would be Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen had a pretty putrid day against the Jets and he gets to play at home against the Raiders. So
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you trade Rashad White, Brees Hall, and Amon Ross St. Brown for Tony Pollard and Devontae Adams? I no. would not do this. I would not do this at all. I think this sounds like a terrible trade. I'm sorry, Z-Bar. Uh, appreciate you being here in the chat. And, dude, appreciate all the people over on Twitch tonight. We, we don't usually get a huge Twitch audience, so we appreciate everyone over there. Hope you guys are subscribed there on YouTube as well. Come back and hang out with us again. Um, we love Brees Hall, though, uh, and Amon Ross, so we can't do that deal. Uh, I, another question here uh, from our guys over at the fancy football advice network, Deandre Hopkins and Damian Pierce, uh, for Jerry, Judy, Kyle Pitts and Chuba Hubbard. Scott, how do you lean this one?
1: Um, wow, that's, that's a tough one. Just cause Judy, I don't know. I haven't checked. I don't know. Is he, is he expected to be back? You know, all these, all these people dealing with hamstring injuries. It's so difficult to tell when they're going to be back. um, that is a t- I think I'm I think I would be on the Hopkins Pierce side. I mean Pitts, me, me I love too. Pitts, I love the talent, but it's just it's just too Arthur Smith is seemingly too intent to prove the world wrong and that he can maybe win his division as a ceiling for his career, maybe uh as 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 his goal in life. Um, <laughs> so I I don't really yeah, I can't, and Chuba Hover doesn't really do much for me. So I mean Damian Pierce. You know, I'm, I've been a little bit off on him and, you know, it was pretty, pretty uh, concerning to see him see his l- lowest opportunity share of his career to start out the season, because uh, that's what he has to hang his hat on is volume. Yeah. But I still I still like him better. Um, and Hopkins, Hopkins was Hopkins, you know, like 13 targets,
0: you know, so I'm 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 taking the left side here. I think you're easily getting the two best players with DeAndre Hopkins and Damian Pierce here. I know it's scary to ride Pierce. That was a really tough matchup. I was fading Damian Pierce going in and and playing the Ravens. They've always had a very good run defense. So don't worry um, about that one. But yeah, I would totally take the uh, Hopkins and Pierce side as well. All right, we got Jairus saying, what's realistic value if you want uh, Coop or if you're trying to trade Cooper Cup? Man, that's so hard. That Scott, where do you put him now? Because obviously when people were drafting, they had the hope that he might not be back for week one, but it might be a week two or week three uh, starting out for, for Cooper Cup. And it doesn't seem to be that at all. Um, we might get him back week five. It might be longer than that. What's realistic value for you?
1: It's so, it's so hard in these situations, not having any idea when he's coming back. Um, I mean, I feel like if I could get a solid wide receiver too, for him or a solid RB2 for him at this point with the Garrett uh, with Wilson the, with the uncertainty, would I trade cup right now for Garrett Wilson? Yeah. Oh, in a
0: heartbeat. Yeah. DJ
1: Moore. No, I don't think. No, that's that's in the neighborhood. Okay. I think that's a trade you could get done. Um, but I don't know if I'm trading cup for more. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, you would take, I imagine.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, that's
1: I mean that's right there. Okay. That's okay. Like if I saw a trade go down in one of my leagues, Ayuk for Cup, I'd be like, that's a good trade for both those people. Like that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. Might not seem like it because Ayuk just, you know, had two touchdowns, but still. Um, the the that potential of cup if he comes back healthy. Cause I mean, here's the deal. Like it we're in the dumps about Cooper Cup right now because he's on IR, we don't get to see him, but with a hamstring injury. Really, what what all of us want is for him to come back when he's ready to not have a hamstring injury anymore and be Cooper Cup. So if that means he misses four or five weeks, then so be it. Um, So then it's it becomes that trade off of what he could be when he comes back and the player you're getting in return that you can have help you win for the next four or five weeks. You know,
0: this is like uh, when your mom or your grandma as a kid would say patience is a virtue. Like, patience is a virtue if you're rostering Cooper Cup. You've already invested probably a first, second, or third round pick in him. So, at this point, you kind of – if you're desperate, if you're own one and you're already desperate and you don't like your receiver room, I get making a move like that. But if you're trying to win a championship, having Cooper Cup on it down the stretch would be awesome to have. It would be a great weapon. Um, So love the questions, guys. You can keep them coming as we uh, move into our final segment of the night. We are going to talk some rookies, which I'm super excited to get to those in our next segment. uh, Rave Rookie Reviews. go baby brave rookie reviews this is where we bridge a little bit of fantasy sports with some of our lifestyle advice as well uh tonight we're gonna be talking about some rookies we're buying or selling and also some new pop culture or just pop culture we've consumed in general lately and uh whether we're buying or selling that as well let's start with the rookies here scott who is uh one rookie you are buying or selling after week one in our redraft leagues um well i have two potential candidates here yeah Um, go with you you, let's do both let's do both yeah yeah go go with either one start
1: with roshan johnson um chicago bears rookie running back um you know it was a bit of a i mean i don't know how much of it was surprising i mean i think it was a surprise that the packers just blew out the bears and looked like a you know a a really good offense just because we didn't really know what jordan love was gonna look like so i mean you know the game script got a little out of hand here but i mean you know, it, just as much as Kenneth Walker being number two in target share for running backs on the, on the, on the week, Roshan Johnson was number three. Um, and that's just, no, that's not part of his MO. He had like a best season target share of like five or 6% in college. And he hit almost a 20% target share in week one with the bears. Yes. Some of that was come, come back time, but okay. They used him. Um, so, I mean, it was always going to be a crowded backfield here with, with Cleo Herbert, him and Dante Foreman. I think you can go ahead and, you know, finish your book and and say the end on Deontay Foreman in this backfield. Cause I think it's, I think it's it's Cleo Herbert and Roshan Johnson. I just think Roshan Johnson is by the end of the season, he's going to be the primary, you know, the, the lead back, the majority touchback on this team.
0: So right now, I think he's still somewhat cheap. Um, so he's a rookie I'm going after. Two thoughts on Roshan very quickly for me. Seven targets is nothing to fuck around with, folks. Seven targets is nothing to fuck around with. Like, that is a great opportunity for a guy who, yes, you are right, Scott. He hasn't been known as a prolific pass catcher, but he's been known as a quality pass catcher. And more importantly, he's been known as a great pass blocker. And that's what they need on this Chicago Bears team that, once again, the offensive line is kind of dog shit once again. And I, I think that was one of my big concerns with the Bears, Justin Fields and this whole offense coming in to 2023 was I didn't think the line had improved that much um, despite adding a rookie there in the first round. So I'm with you here on Foreman. Is there another rookie you were also buying or selling in redrafts? Um, Kind of a deeper one. You know, this is a guy –
1: up all off season, a rookie wide receiver that I really like. And it's Josh Downs with the Indianapolis Colts. So again, not a guy that, that lit the world on fire in week one, but he did earn seven targets, the second second most targets on the team. Um, I think it's going to be Michael Pittman, as far as the receivers, I think it's going to be Pittman Jr. Um, as the primary alpha on the outside. And I think that Josh Downs on this, in the this slot and being moved all over the formation is going to be the next man up. I like Alec Pierce's talent, but Alec Pierce is starting to look kind of like a Gabe Davis. Like he 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 might catch a deep pass here and there, but you cannot trust him because he's I know, not gonna earn enough targets. He had like two targets in the game, I think. So um, and I mean that's just I t- you know, that's just to me the promising sign of that is it's one, it's the rookie rookie quarterback and it's the rookie, rookie wide receiver together in their first game, and he earned seven targets. Um that's all we have to go on with some of these guys, folks. Like we don't have a ton of track record to go on. And so week one, especially with rookies, you got to look for some of those, those Easter eggs that are, that are clues as to what's going to happen. And so I thought that was, again, not a fantasy, not fantasy relevant yet, not Mm -hmm. fantasy relevant in week two, probably, but he's a, he's a, he's a rookie that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stashing if I if I don't already have, you know, like Jaden Reed stashed on that last spot on my bench.
0: Yeah, I am worried. I have a lot of Alec Pierce and I'm very worried about it. Like I'm cutting base pretty much everywhere I can because I, I see exactly what you're telling me here, Scott. It's going to be a lot of Josh Downs getting some of that intermediate uh, closer to the line of scrimmage work while Michael Pittman's kind of working more the, the middle to the deeper part of the field. We might see a couple bombs here and there for Pierce. We know that's where Anthony Richardson excels is in the deep ball, but still, um, we got FlexFrog saying in the chat, I love that you guys give insight on these guys, but I'm curious as to what you'd be willing to spend. Roshan is another guy on my radar, just never quite sure what these players are worth on the waiver. So I'll tell you this, FlexFrog, most of the leagues I'm in, I I can't get Roshan. He's either rostered by myself or one of my league mates. Um, But if I could get him, I think I honestly, I like Kenneth Gainwell a lot. I've been on Kenneth Gainwell all season long, but especially with the injury right now, like I put him right up in that tier, I would say, maybe even a little bit above him, um, just because I think there'll be more stability in this Bears backfield rather than the Eagles. uh, Hey, let's list four starters on opening day. Um, So I I would probably, I would say if you need a running back, like 15%, I I would be 15, 17% on Roshan. Is that too much for you, Scott?
1: No, I mean that's that's where I was at. Um was 15 to 15 to 20. I mean, and the reason the reason of that if you want him because he's he's I mean, he, you know, his roster ship before week 1 notwithstanding. He he scored a, he scored a touchdown He had like 17 and a half fantasy points. That's the type of thing that's, you know, when people are searching, it's just, it increases, it it just in general increases the amount of fab that's going to be spent because not everybody's, you know, looking deep within all the metrics. They're like, oh, hey, look, you scored that much. I want him. Um, So that's, you know, he's got a little bit of a premium because he already scored, you know, almost 20 fantasy points, you know, with the touchdown and the catches. So, but yeah, 15 to 20%, that's probably what I would spend. I just, I think he's going to be a reliable running back sooner
0: sooner rather than later. Agreed with you. I'm going to go to my cell here. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to sell rookie here. And I'm going to stand up my high horse. I'm going to stand up my high horse here, Scott, because I've been kind of fading him since the beginning, man, since back at Auburn and his tanks Bigsby. I, I came around a little bit here. Um, and I am just not a fan of what I've been seeing from Tank Bigsby here in week one, man. It was really discouraging when you look from an efficiency metric, Scott, Um You see a a player, seven rushing attempts, 13 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. That's atrocious. Not only that, but his one target goes through his hands for an interception. And then the whole, the whistle didn't blow, ball in his hands, gets stripped out of him. Colts return it for a touchdown. He had two turnovers in that game. Doug Peterson, very patient coach with him, went back, gave him the, the goal line work. I think he's going to vulture some of ETN's work here, Scott. But, I mean, ETN was a clear winner this week. We didn't get to talk about him early on. But career high in receptions for him, 5, 18 carries for ETN. I think other than being someone who's going to vulture touchdowns, there's not a lot of upside for Tank Bigsby unless something happens to ETN. Um, And I think ETN is one of the best values coming out of third round so far. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Again, this was another backfield where there was speculation that Bigsby would
1: immediately eat into ETN's share. But I do. I think Bigsby's going to be potential goal line and just you know spelling Travis ETN as opposed to being this yeah part of the game plan. Okay, you get two series now. You get two series right, right type of running back because ETN ETN looked great. Like ETN again. I agree. I think he's you know. You know, I had him ranked right around, I think, RB13 or 14. And I think that's that's going to end up being a deal.
0: Yes. Yeah, 100%. I was very high on ETN, uh, drafted him in a lot of places this offseason. Let's go, let's round this show out tonight, Scott, with uh, some recent pop culture that you've been consuming, anything that we should be buying or selling and putting on our audience's radar.
1: Okay. So this is a little bit is some, I guess not that obscure, but you have Netflix. Um, My wife and I recently watched, it's called Ladies First, and it's a a documentary about the women of hip hop, Um, which to me, it was fascinating. I mean, there there are, you know, I started listening to hip hop when I was, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. And so I listened to some of the original, like Queen Latifah and MC Light. Um, But there's a whole There's a whole backstory as to, you know, women's place in hip hop from the very beginning and prominent role in hip hop that I just think gets overlooked. And the story does not get told like hip hop is a very male dominated genre. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we recently watched a similar uh, documentary about hip hop just in general. And they mentioned Missy Elliott once and they mentioned Queen Latifah once. Mm. but That was about it. This is the full story and it's not just a straightforward chronological. Here's how it went. It weaves through the societal impacts, what women had to face in both hip hop and society at large. Um, It introduced me to, you know, multiple new artists that I hadn't heard before that that I'm now listening to. Um, It's just, if you like, if you're a fan of hip hop, um, it's not just well worth the, the, the watch. It's, I think it's important. So um, it was, it was really good. We're, you know, we still talk about it. Cause my wife, I remember when we were watching the straight up hip hop one, she's like, mm-hmm. what the hell's going on here? Where's queen Latifah? Where's, you know, mm-hmm. um, TLC? Where's, you know, all these, all these artists. Cause they just didn't mention them. And then, so this came around and we were like, okay, this, this is great. So highly, highly recommend.
0: Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. And I'll close it out here with, uh, with something I'm buying and it's a movie. and, I'm not usually a big kids movie guy. Like I'm not, I'm kind of past that. I don't have kids myself yet. So, uh, usually don't tune into too much kids programming. However, that Sunday night, second half game, I was getting a little sick of Rico Dow running up the middle for three yards and, uh, is <laughs> seeing just Dak Prescott and it get nothing. So I had two TVs going and I fl- flipped on uh free form, formerly what ABC family and uh, monsters university was on. And, this kind of felt like a plot. It was a little generic-y. It kind of felt like the extremely goofy movie plot, uh, another great Disney movie. But I love, I absolutely love the animation in Monsters, Inc., the first one. And and the university one had the great animation as well. Such a cool concept, kind of a, a concept we don't think much of, you know, the, the the monsters trying to scare kids and how it's a job for them. So I just thought it was fun. If you guys have kids, like I would highly recommend showing them both monsters inc and then monsters university as well or since this is a prequel show them this one first um scott have, have you shown this to your kids do you enjoy the, the monsters inc universe
1: oh yeah i mean i feel lucky in a way that i'm a parent when i'm a parent because we've yeah. had we've had pixar movies yes and pixar movies for the most part they are Fucking always, rock always good yeah um so i mean granted there are plenty of things my kids choose to watch that i'm not a fan of um but as far as like kids movies go, um, there's a t- honestly, there's a lot of good options these days. Um, so, I mean, the brand, the, the, the newest Pixar movie is called Elemental um, and the characters in the movie are the four elements. They're water, fire, land and wind. That's the characters take the form mm-hmm. of that. It's, and it's, it's really good. So, yeah, I, I fully, fully endorse uh, Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University for sure.
0: All right, but we'll get you out of here in one minute, Scott. We got one more question on YouTube, and I just want to say thank you, everyone, to the comments. Yeah, Um, It has been – like, I'm sweating over here because it's been hard to keep up. You know, we're scrolling down here. Uh, But thank you guys so I love just
1: answering rapid-fire questions, man. Yeah.
0: Cut for Chubb. 100% Chubb. I, I don't think it's a question at this point, man. If you can get Nick Chubb, and Scott, you called him as a potential top three running back because he could see more receiving work. And we kind of saw that start to come to fruition in week one. He, so, just uh, did, he did Chubb things. he had a hundred
1: yards pretty
0: effortlessly at four targets. He just, he didn't get
1: in the end zone. So we're not really talking about him too much, yeah. but yeah, he's, he's right on track.
0: Yeah. Zach a hundred percent. Make this trade. If you have cup and if you have Chubb hold the hell on to him, man, because he's going to be in for a great season and the Browns, the Browns, their defense looks great too.
1: So, their defense, that was, I mean, that's why, that's one reason we didn't really talk about it, but I'm not panicking really at all on the Bengals. Yes, um, agree. It was bad weather for one. And I just, you know, Browns, you know, the, the preseason like fantasy matchup ranking I do had them near the top of the list against quarterbacks and receivers. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, you know, they, they're, they might be onto something
0: there in, in Cleveland. Agreed. Agreed. Well, guys, we can't thank you enough for tuning in with us tonight. I will be back on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time Live. We got some great guests coming on. My other co-host, Eric, will join us as well. We're going to run through more Start Sits questions with you, more trade questions, talk Thursday night football recap, some sleepers for week one as well. We're going to kind of go through all of that. Um, We got one more. We got one more for Jamie. I can't leave him hanging. Geyer Gainwell, PPR. Okay, Scott, you're saying Geyer for you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm in NASCAR mode as well. My apologies. Um, But, guys, come kick it with us on Friday. Scott and I will be back here uh, every Tuesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Scott's our rotational co-host with Eric as well. And then we got Kyle Scott hanging in the background as well, uh, doing all the good producing. Um, So thank you guys so much. Come back, hang out with us, and uh, good luck on the waiver wires tonight. Be Sharks save that value, baby, save that fab. And let's, uh, let's have a great season and, uh, start off with now. So thank you guys. And we'll see you all soon. Take care. Have a wonderful weekend.